The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. I really don't know what your goals and I don't know what your visions are, but I'm sure that you all have dreams and you all have goals and visions. I know that I do. But one thing I'm sure of, and that is that God is waiting for you to talk to Him about your goals and about your visions and seek Him for direction. So many people begin their new year by coming up with a New Year's resolution. But usually within a week or two, those New Year's resolutions are forgotten. But a lot of the things that you come up with, you've come up with them on your own, on your own human self. You have not gone to the Lord and you have not been seeking Him what His plans are for you. And if you seek the Lord for what His plans are for you, He will tell you and then you will be successful. That's he, will bring, he will bring it about. Amen. If you're failing, you need to check and see who you've been seeking for your advice. Some people even read their horoscopes. And I think that's a good name, horoscope. I can't imagine somebody living their life on a horoscope or a fortune cookie. Uh, we, do get chopping, we do get Chinese food, and they do put the cookies in there, and we, broke them, we break them open, eat the cookies, throw away the paper. Uh, we don't read, don't, don't even want to read them, you know. Can you imagine how, how silly that is? Can you imagine, you know, that they're, you know, they're producing these things by the millions, and people actually believe it? It's amazing what people will believe. I believe that God wants you to know that He does have plans for you. Yeah. And that He has a vision for all of you. And the prophet Jeremiah gives us a promise from the Lord. In Jeremiah 33, verse 2 and 3 in the New Living Bible, it says, This is what the Lord says, The Lord who made the earth, who formed and established it, whose name is the Lord, Ask me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. God can tell you things about things to come that you don't have a clue. Right. Not even a clue. And of course, we're all familiar with the verse in Jeremiah 29, 11, where he says that he has a good plan for you, and it's to do you good, and not to, bring you, not to do you evil, but to give you an expectant end. So we're all familiar with that verse. In Proverbs 19.21 in the Message Bible, it says, We humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. You can plan all you want to, <laughs> but God's purpose is going to prevail. And right now, and right now, today, I believe God's purpose is for His children to start behaving like His children to act like the warriors that He has created us to be. As a matter of fact, the title to my message tonight is Heaven is Counting on You. I cannot express to you tonight how much Heaven is counting on you tonight. I worked and struggled with this message, and sometimes it works that way. Sometimes it comes smoothly. Sometimes it doesn't come that way. And you start getting a little concerned, you know. And I continued to work all day yesterday and all day today. And finally, about two, about one or two this afternoon, he finally finished it. Oh, God. I finished it, but he gave it to me. And, and you know, it, it's, you know, and I thought, you know, and I finished it, and I, I, I thought to my, and I said to myself, I said, Lord, 
I thank you that you have never let me down. You have never let me down. Just when I think, what am I going to do, Lord? What am I going to do? I really believe that the Lord just wants to make sure that we're dependent on Him to get the Word and that we're not trying to come up with something ourselves. Hallelujah. And I do not believe that this is going to be a dessert message tonight, but I'm going to try and add just a little bit of applesauce in there, you have to sweeten it just a little bit. Saints, God is looking for a generation of people that will say that it doesn't matter what it looks like and it doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what others are doing. We are so focused on what others are doing and we're always trying to imitate what others are doing. But it doesn't matter what others are doing. God is only looking at you. He's, he's, he's not looking at the others. And maybe he's looking at them too, but he's also looking at them as an individual, not as others. So don't worry about what the others are doing. Just focus on what you are doing. Are you hearing me? But say, as for me and my house, yes, amen. we will serve the Lord yes, and we will go where he sends us and do as he asks. As a matter of fact, let's say that, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And there is only one God. Praise the Lord. You know, the situation that we're facing in the world today is going to take a lot of faith and it's going to take a lot of courage. We're facing some big giants, but not bigger than the Almighty God that we serve. Keep that in mind. The days of playing church are over, brothers and sisters. We've got to stop playing church. We've got to take God. We've got to get serious about this. I hesitated about re, uh, sharing this with you, but the Lord brought it back to my remembrance, so I'm going to share it. I can recall back in the 80s, before, before I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, that because of my husband's position in the military, he didn't want me to work. He was serving as the deputy base commander out in Clovis, New Mexico. And, and because of his position, he didn't want me to work. He wanted me to be available when there was a function going on. And of course, some months there were lots of functions. There were a lot of events that were happening. As a matter of fact, we had a formal graduation every six weeks or so with the soldiers graduating. And of course, the officers they always had, some of them had to attend. So it left me with a lot of free time on my hands. So I joined the Officers Wives Bridge Club. I joined the local bridge club. I joined the YMCA so I could work out every day. And we would often take trips and we'd go up to this place called Rio Doso, New Mexico. Some of you may have heard of it. Or we would go to some other place and we'd hang out and we'd play bridge for several days or whatever we felt like doing, whatever the spirit, you know, hits. I recall this particular Sunday morning before we were to leave, that we got together and played church. We passed out boxes of Kleenexes. We elected someone to speak, selected some songs to sing. And during the service, everyone would say, Amen, Hallelujah. Every now and then, pass out a Kleenex. In other words, it was a mockery. It was a mockery of God's church. 
I'm even ashamed to stand up here and admit that I would even be a part of such a thing because I was going to church every Sunday, but I was not a Christian. There's a lot of people going to church every Sunday. A lot of people got their names on the roll, but they don't know Jesus. But I'm so thankful today, brothers and sisters, that I serve a loving and a forgiving God. And he has forgiven me all of my sins, including that one. Amen. Cleansing me with his blood. According to John chapter 1, verse 7, in God's word translation, it says, But if we live in the light, just as he is in the light, we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of his Son cleanses us from every sin. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I am so thankful. You know, I'm sure that I might have committed even worse crimes. I'm sure we all have. But there again, we're so thankful that we serve a loving and a forgiving God. And when, we, when he accepted us, when we accepted Jesus in our hearts, he cleansed us with his blood. We're blood washed and blood cleansed. And that person that did that stupid, was that stupid thing, she doesn't live anymore. And I'm so thankful that she doesn't live anymore. Hallelujah. The day of playing church is over, mm-hmm. brothers and sisters. We have to get serious about our walk with the Lord. We need to work on filling up God's house again. We need to come together. We need to work together and putting all our petty differences aside. Are you hearing me? Yes. All those offenses, all of those whatever is keeping you apart, you need to put them aside. For these differences will not mount to a heel of beans. When Jesus returns, and I can assure you of that, they will not make a difference. Whatever petty difference it is, it will not make a difference when Jesus comes back. In Luke 7, 31, in the Berean Bible, it says, To what then, then can I compare the men of this generation? What are they like? This was Jesus talking. In verse 32, he said, They're like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to one another. They said, we played the flute for you, which is wedding songs, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, which is a funeral song, and you did not weep. Saints, this is an allegory of children in a public square arguing while, while playing make-believe funerals and weddings. And I think this is why the Lord brought back to my remembrance Remembrance about the make-believe church. Making a mockery. They, they, it says we played the wedding songs and you didn't dance. And they said we played funeral marches and, and you didn't weep. In verse, three, in verse 33, it says, For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he's a demon. Verse 34 says the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say look at him. He eats too much and drinks too much wine. And he's a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. That's coming from the Easy Read trans, uh, trans, uh, translation. According to scripture, John lived out in the wilderness and he dressed funny. We all know, you know, he had this, uh, the, cup, uh, the kind of fur, the uh, uh, skin that he had on was not these kind that you pay thousands of dollars for. These were the kind that you made out in the woods. So it says that he dressed funny. He ate a lot of strange foods. 
and he and and he preached a hard message of repentance. He said things to the religious folks of the day like you brutal vipers, you snakes. He warned them to flee from the wrath that is coming. And you'll find that in Mark 12, 34, if you want to find it. And he said, the ax is already laid at the root of the tree. Those that don't bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And you can find that in Matthew 3, 10. In other words, he was preaching a hard message that no one really wanted to hear. When people start preaching hard messages today, nobody wants to hear that either. They want to hear these tickle your ear messages, but I'm telling you, they're not going to help you. You know, you don't have to preach hell and brimstone all the time, but you must preach the truth. The truth of God's word. Let it fall where it may. And just let it fall. Brothers and sisters, nothing has changed today in the time that we're living I think this verse in Luke 30, uh, 7, 31, where Jesus was talking about what he can compare the men of this generation could easily be describing now how we are today. You know what? Some folks didn't like John the Baptist, and they didn't like his message. And then Jesus came along, and he hung out with sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, and many, under, and many other undesirables. But he preached a message of love and forgiveness. He healed the sick. He raised the dead, made the blind eyes open, the lame to walk, and loved everyone. And you know what? A lot of people didn't like Jesus and his message either. They didn't like either one of them. I'm sad to say that we are no different today. We act like spoiled little children who are never happy. It's not good enough that we get a drink. We want a bag of chips to go with it too. We're never happy with anything, it seems. Church folks are uncertain of what they want. As a matter of fact, Sometimes it seems that church folk, talking about believers, are the most contented people in the world. No wonder we're having difficulty. Difficulty in ministering to the lost. We don't want, you know, we don't set a very good example for them. You know, most Christians, they live in by the law instead of the, by the new covenant and grace. And they're walking around under the law with a sourpuss face on all the time. And, it's, and all their sermons is about you can't. You can't. You can't cut your hair. Can't wear makeup. Well, my, my house needs a little makeup. Needs a little paint. You know, and actually my body is just my house. It's not who I am. According to the Bible, I'm a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. This body is just my house. You know, so some houses need a little paint. Some need a little more paint. As the years go by, I need a little more paint. But you know, they make, they'll make comments like, oh gosh, that preacher preaches too long. That preacher doesn't preach long enough. This preacher doesn't stay long enough when he comes to visit. 
Others will say, well, you know, the preacher came by at my house today and I thought he was never going to leave. <laughs> some, others, some other complaints are I don't like a contemporary service. I don't like a traditional service. The choir doesn't sing long enough. The choir sings too long. <laughs> I tell you what, it's too hot. It's too cold. Saints, the list goes on and on. We are a discontented and uncertain people. We need to be humbling ourselves before the Lord and asking for His forgiveness. And the sad truth is nothing has changed much over the past 2,000 years. What is wrong with us? My question, what is wrong with us? We're stressed out and we're tired over all kinds of things going on in our lives. And we worry about things that don't amount to a heel of beans anyway. That's right. The problem in our churches have too many Marthas. And not enough Marys. Do you remember what Jesus said in Luke 10, 41? Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing's necessary. Hallelujah. Saints, we're so stressed and worried and uncertain. And the truth is, we don't have to be. This is God's year to act. I want you to remember that. This is God's year to act. You don't have to be stressed out and you don't have to be worried. You just need to seek Him for those plans and goals and visions that you have. And you're going to find out they've gone a difference. I'd like to read this quote from Smith Wigglesworth. For this is what I feel the Lord spoken to my spirit actually several years ago. And I, as a matter of fact, I have it listed and dated in my book in 2005. As most people that know me know that I write I study a lot and I date everything. But I know he spoke it into me the first time, uh, into me the first time even before that. His quote, he said, is, Our Lord Jesus Christ is everything for everybody. He has forgiveness of sins, healing of diseases, and fullness of the Spirit. All come from the same source, brothers and sisters, from the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. Yahweh. Hear him, he said, who is the same yesterday, today and forevermore, in Hebrews 13, 8, as he announces his purpose for which he came. And Brother Smith Wigglesworth uses Luke 4, 18. Most of you are familiar with it, but I'm going to read it again. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of the sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Hallelujah. Another word for anointed is spiritual empowerment. You're anointed. You have spiritual, you've been, you are been filled with spiritual empowerment. That's a, it's, a, it's an anointing. And the power is in that anointing that he places on you. Let's read, let, I'd like to read this same verse again coming from the a message translation. It says, God's Spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor. Sent me to announce pardon to prisoners and recover of sight to the blind. 
to set the burdened and the battered free, to announce this is God's year to act. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me, saints? It says, and then he closed a book and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on Jesus. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And you know, a lot of people may not know this, but history tells us there were two seats at the front of the synagogue, one of which was empty at all times, for it was the seat reserved for the ultimate coming of the Messiah. And this is the seat that Jesus sat in. Jesus was demonstrating to them that he was the Messiah. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, Jesus has left us with this vital task. He sat down. He said, this day, this, is, this has been fulfilled. And he took the seat of the Messiah Amen. to let them know that he is the Messiah. And that seat is filled. Hallelujah. And he said to go into all the world and preach the good news, the gospel of salvation from the bondage and penalty of sin to everyone. Saints, now we have the freedom to preach. Right now, we have the freedom to teach the word. We have the freedom to teach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And that privilege may last for a long time, or it could be a short time. Only God himself knows. However, if socialism takes over, hear me, we will lose that freedom. We will no longer have that privilege. We'll no longer have that freedom. The Lord has impressed upon me that me as we as a church must fight with everything in us while we still can, Amen. while it's still called today. Actually, this is the word the Lord gave me back in October. He said, we are his hands, his mouth and feet, and we must not be intimidated by what is going on around us. This church and all churches must press on, he said. God said he will cover us and he will grow you. And he says he will increase you in whatever you will need to make this happen. Hallelujah. We as a church must strike while the iron is hot. And it's never been hotter, I must say. The fields have never been whiter. I believe that the church will be obedient and listen to the voice of the Lord that he will provide us with the souls, the finances, and all we need. He says, don't be afraid. He said, heaven is counting on you. Hallelujah. 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 To do, he's counting on us to do what is necessary to gather the lost while there's still time. For instance, you may not be able to go to other countries and states and minister. But you can get behind others and support them. There's always something that you can do. Brothers and sisters, this is a fight that we're all involved in. And no one can win it alone. I say this again. This is a fight that we're all involved in. And no one can win it alone. So I'm asking you to join me and others in this fight to win the lost the time has come that we need to stop coming to church to just feed ourselves, but to be empowered for a battle. It's the day of battle. It's a battle. It's, it's good versus evil. 
And God has given us a mandate to fight against this evil. The Lord continues to speak to me concerning his return and the signs of the time. But you cannot run a race by yourself. And God is going to hold you responsible if you're familiar with this and you're not pitching in. Everybody needs to pitch in and do everything that you can. Maybe he don't want maybe you feel like the Lord don't want you to pitch on this particular thing. Maybe he wants you to get something else, but get into whatever the Lord is calling you to do. That's the main thing. Get get busy doing what he's called you to do no matter where it is and what it is or who it's with. Don't sit still. Stop playing church. Don't come in just to be fed and not share what you're getting with somebody else. We are in school. You know, you go to school, some people go for 12 years, graduate and go on and get more education. Maybe some don't go to 12 years. But when you get out of school, you use it for something. You, you got a degree. If you went to college, you got a degree in something, whether it was business or whatever you got a degree in, whether it's in electronics or whatever, you are using it. Other churches, too, around the world is going to hear this message and online. You're not the only ones that the Lord is speaking to. He's speaking to all those that will hear it later and the ones online that He is talking to. Take what you're learning. You come to church, we preach, we teach. Take what you're learning and share it. Even if you only share it with your neighbor or your or, or, or relative, whatever, share it. Do something. Do something. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me put a little applesauce in here. <laughs> in Matthew 24 36, in the New Living Bible, it tells us that no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. But the Bible says only the Father knows. And verse 37 says, When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered the boat. And it says in verse 39 that people didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came, actually, and swept them away. And then I began to think about all the signs that Jesus told us to look for concerning his return. Saints, I don't think that the majority of the people realize how close we are to Jesus' return. I really don't think we realize how close it is. It's evidence in everything around us. So many prophecies are being fulfilled. You can see the prophecies are being fulfilled. I know there's uh, prophecies back in the 50s and the 60s that I've been listening to that had prophesied of things that's been happening actually over the last 20 years and every one of them have come about. Even this one. So you know that they're for real because these people are in heaven now. But they gave a prophecy before, years before they went home to be with the Lord. Right. And so they are being fulfilled. There are millions and probably trillions that don't even believe that there is a heaven and a hell. Luke 17 verse 28 says, And the world will be, and the world will be as it was in the days of Lot, 
when God destroyed Sodom, people went about their daily business, eating, buying and selling, farming and building. Yes, it will be a business as usual right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In other words, right up to the day when Jesus comes. Saints, I do not believe that the Lord has given me these messages to frighten you. But as long as we're on this earth and until Jesus returns, you and I have an enemy. And his name is Satan. And he has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's come to steal as many of the potential children that he can. And not only steal the ones that have not yet accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, but trying to cause the ones that already have to get discouraged and fall away. The Bible warns us that there will be a great falling away before he comes. And that has already started. It actually has been started for a long time. Maybe we just haven't noticed it. But the good news is we have authority over our enemy, according to Luke 10, 19. He says he's given us the power and the authority to tread upon the scorpions and the snakes and to put the enemy under our feet. And he also said that not to, be, um, not to boast that these spirits are subject to you, but to boast that your name is listed in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I'm so thankful that my name is listed in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I sure don't want to see it come out. Amen. Hallelujah. So I surely don't want to say or do anything that's going to cause that. We also have to understand that we also have the favor of God. We have God's favor. God's favor helps you to win battles that you won't even have to fight because God will fight them for you. He's already been fighting battles for you that you probably aren't even aware of. Amen. Saints, God will move heaven and earth for his children and his elect. He will always be here for us. I know in the past few days, I've been going through a trial myself. I've been doing battle and just yesterday, I felt like it had reached a point to where I had to have an answer. You know how it is, you know, when you feel like you can't take it anymore, that you're at your end of the rope. Yeah. Can't take it no more. Mm -hmm. In my prayer time, I prayed and I prayed, for I felt this heaviness on me that was weighing me down and consuming my thoughts to the point that I couldn't focus on my work and I couldn't seem to shake it. It was even keeping me awake at night. I did recognize that it was an attack from the enemy trying to confuse me, trying to interfere with my work. You know, I think the more you spend time with the Lord, the more you recognize uh, Satan's attacks when he's uh, actually more demons, demon attack, because there's only one devil. All the others are demons. <laughs> the Bible speaks of demons and the devil, and he has all these demons that work for him. But regardless of who it was, there was a evil force coming against me. So I spent an hour confessing what the Word of God had to say about my situation, decreeing and declaring His promises. For I knew that when I magnify Him, I know that when I magnify the name of Jesus, that these out-of-control thoughts that I was having would have to be demagnified. Yeah. When you magnify the Lord, everything else is demagnified. I knew that it was Satan that was accusing me and not God because Revelation 9-11 says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So I knew it wasn't the Lord. And so I just began to 
say things like, Lord, since my time is in your hands, I declare that you will deliver me from the hands of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Father, I am totally dependent on your strong hand and, not, and I'm not, wor not going to worry and I'm not going to fret. For I know that you have a good plan for my life and for my family. Lord, I prayed, Lord, please send an anointed person to me today that can pray with me and over me. And I want you to know, saints, that he did. It was someone I had not even thought about. And I knew it was not by accident that this person called. Brothers and sisters, this is a prayer that the Lord gave me a few days ago, so I'm going to close with it. Um, I know I talk a lot about the treadmill <laughs> because I take my iPad up and I listen to programs, that, uh, spiritual programs that I've recorded. I listen to the Word. So I feel like it's good that I feed on the Word in my spirit while I work on my body. But I know that for months, weeks and months, uh, since I've been doing this, uh, before I just had another prayer closet, and I now kind of split them, but it seemed like most of the time when I'm listening to the Word, the Lord and I, I, I start praying, you know, and, uh, and if somebody's preaching, I just put it on pause and just continue to pray and talk to the Lord and, and kept, keep welcoming His presence. And the next thing I know, He's downloading stuff to me, and, and I just um, put it, you know, I can uh, put it on my notes. All I got to do is hit the speaker and just speak into it. Uh, as a matter of fact, a few days ago, <laughs> I thought I was going to leave this world, but... <laughs> I, I, you know, because I, while I'm pre, while I'm praying, I'm still running on the treadmill, and and uh, I've got, you know, you got your thing here, and I went to hit, hit the button. I don't know where I hit the period or the dot 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 or what I went to hit, but I hit the speed <laughs> on the treadmill, and I'm telling you, honey, that thing was going whoo. I mean, it was moving so fast, I can't even tell you how fast it was moving. And I'm praying, Lord, you know, because you can't get off. I mean, you can't get off. I'd already had one incident with a treadmill about three years ago that I stepped on. It was running through it in the air and landing me over there. It did quite a bit of damage. But this thing was moving so fast, and I kept trying to hit, hit this number, and I hit that number, and, it, and nothing was happening. All of a sudden, I realized I had this thing, you know, plugged in. You know where you plug in? Yeah. I never really thought that it was much good. But I tell you what, when I pulled that thing, it began to stop. <laughs> it began to slow down. And I went downstairs a few minutes later, and David said, well, that was a short workout. <laughs> I said, honey, I got my workout in about one minute. <laughs> it, it didn't take long. <laughs> But anyway, that was the applesauce. So back, <laughs> back to the prayer. Anyway, he gives me prayers. Uh, he also gives me titles for messages. He gives me whatever God wants to give me, and I just write it down. It's, I think I did a message not too long ago about mark it down. God speaks. Take care enough about what he's got to tell you to write it down and mark it down. If you're in the church and you're somebody said and the minister says something, you hear something, I do, I mark it down, I write it down. You know, I can't always speak it out. 
but I can put enough there that I'll know what was said, you know, later. As a matter of fact, when I'm talking on the treadmill and I'm saying what the Lord gives me, I have to go back later and go over and correct some of them things because some of them words I know he didn't tell me. (laughs) (laughs) This was a prayer that the Lord gave me. Father God, I pray that we will humble ourselves and stop playing church, that we will get on our knees and humble ourselves and ask for your forgiveness and your direction and your mercy. I pray, Father God, that you will give us instructions on how we can get the people off of this palbum, off this milk that they've been on, and get on to the meat of the word, according to 1 Corinthians 3. Lord, we need to grow up in Christ and quit being babies and acting like babies. We need to be warriors and acting like warriors, craving spiritual milk. And God, thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for your love and your kindness. Thank you for forgiving us. Lord, thank you. Help us, Lord, to become the warriors that you created us to be, the overcomers that you created us to be. No longer play in church, Lord. No longer only focused on large screens, skinny jeans, and smoke screens. Help us to understand, Father, that we don't need all these distractions to gain your love and your presence, that all we need to do is to humble ourselves and that you will make your presence known to us and the power of God will fall on us. Lord, I thank you that you will provide us with everything that we need to fight this battle. Lord, you said no soldier ever serves in the army and pays his own salary. As a matter of fact, the Lord gave me that word for someone not long ago. Father, I realize these are big giants, but our God is bigger than these giants. And we need to see and recognize this, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I thought it was a powerful prayer. I thought it was a right on time prayer. Because we truly need to realize, yes, we are fighting some big giants. We have, been, we have been fighting for a long time, but for the last two years, the enemy had just been throwing them at us left and right, coming and going. But I tell you what, our God is bigger. Our God is more powerful. And if we will put our faith in Him, if we will humble ourselves and get on our knees and humble ourselves before our Father... He will help us no matter what our situation is, no matter what we're going through the night. Some of you in here might be sick in your bodies. Some of you are listening online might be sick in your bodies. You might be having a financial problem. There's all sorts of things that's going on. You might have problems with your family. There's things going on in my family. There's sickness going on in the families. There's all kinds of things going on that would like to distract you from doing your work but pray for them and then cast it on the Lord and continue walking. Continue your march. Don't stop marching just because something bad has happened to you or your family. You pray for that person. Say, Lord, I'm praying for them. I pray. You pray the prayer of faith. Give it to the Lord. The Lord said, cast your care upon him because he cares for you. And if you truly cast it upon him, that means that he, you really cast it upon him. You give it to him. You don't go back and get it. You let him have it. Let him do his work, and then you get about your work and just keep on marching. Yes, no, it's not easy. I had to do that not too long ago. No, it's not easy, but it's doable. As a matter of fact, the more you focus on your work, the less you think about that, and the more God's able to work on your situation. So keep that in mind, okay? Father God, I thank you so much. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you. I thank you for your presence here tonight. 
Father, we humble ourselves before you here tonight, and we pray and ask for your mercy and your forgiveness. I pray, Father God, that you will just continue to fill us with your spirit, that, you can, that we thank you for your presence. We thank you that we have your promise that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. I pray, Father God, that you'll give us the strength and the courage that we need to persevere. I pray, Heavenly Father, that those that are listening on, online or in here or wherever they're listening tonight or wherever today or whenever time they're listening, I pray that whatever they're seeking, that they will ask, come to you first and that they will seek your advice on which way to go and what to do. I thank you, Father, that you know everything. There's nothing that you don't know. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you know everything. And I thank you, Father, that you know us all. You, knew every, you know every word we're going to say before we say it. You knew us even before we were born. You had a plan for us. And we thank you, God, that that plan was good. It's a good plan. It's to do us good, not harm, but to give us hope for, for an expectant end, Lord. And God, we thank you for that. We thank you that you have visions for us, that you have goals for us. And Lord, I pray tonight that those that will seek you, I really believe, Lord, if they will seek you with all, humble themselves and seek you with all their hearts, that you will reveal, you will reveal your dreams for them, your visions for them, Lord. And I do know that your dreams and visions will outweigh anything that they could ever possibly imagine. I thank you, Lord, that you will give it to them good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, that it will be far above anything that they could ever ask for, hope for, or ever imagine. And so, Father, we give you praise, and we give you glory, and we thank you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, we praise you, and we thank you. Amen.